Hi, and welcome to episode 208 of No Crying in Baseball, the Tinkers to Evers to Chance episode. My name is Patty, and I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth Barely. I'm, I'm, I'm like scraping by. So I want to just give a huge caveat right now. When we're recording Sunday night, what we had thought we would do, because I had plans for during the day today, we thought we would start recording between the two games, the two uh, American League Division Series games. So it was... Tampa and Boston first, and then Chicago. Then and an hour break in between. Yeah, I thought you know. that would at least get a little bit of time. And anyway, for those of you who, who have not heard yet, uh, the Tampa-Boston game went 13 innings, and they were, they were long, 13 innings. And in that time, some beers were consumed, and the event I was at earlier today was the Renaissance Festival, where there was some beer consumed, and so... Now I'm just, I think, a little giddy. It's because the Red Sox won. Thank God. If Tampa had won, I would have been just a doornail. Like, I would have been not a good podcast co-host. Yeah, so this is bad for me both ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. also because, I mean, I, I'm not going to dwell on the what I consider a, a sketchy call at the end, which is always a bad way to win or lose a game. So I'm a little, about that, but I'm sure Twitter will be the place to... to yep, it's a rule. To, it's a rule. That's where that one's going to go. So, um, but I'm going to muddle through. I want to say thank you so much to our friend Brian, who is one of our fantasy team players, who has sent us LSU gear in the past, which you'll see in our in our photo that I'm wearing for this episode. Yay! And I promise to mention LSU later in the podcast. Brian sent us a case of local beer, local to us because of stupid rules, yeah. so we couldn't get local Louisiana beer. But it's so tasty. Thank you, sir. You're you're going to fuel several episodes. Yeah, I figured it out. It's it's eight episodes if we have one each per episode. But then Mr. Potty Mouth pointed out that really to, to enjoy the quality of the beer that we should drink it more quickly than that, which means he wanted some. So I did share some of the beer already with Mr. Potty Mouth. Sometimes living alone has its advantages. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, Brian. You are so kind, and we appreciate you, and we're glad that you are with us. Oh, I just wanted to add, so the reason why Brian gave us the um, the beer, well, besides the fact that he's he's a stellar listener and we're adorable hosts, um, is that we had <laughs> 200 episodes. And so he thought that would be a great way to celebrate 200 episodes was buying us a case of beer. And, you know, I want to encourage anybody else who feels inspired to celebrate 200 episodes with us. Brian was exactly right. But what another friend told me the other night is that means we should be in syndication because apparently 200 is that magic number for TV episodes when shows hit syndication. So NCIB should be in syndication at this point. Absolutely. All right. And we get big bucks for that, yeah, right? Absolutely. Woo! On today's show, we have postseason boyfriends, postseason grooming, postseason moral alignment questions, Hank Aaron finalists, the police blotter, and girls and women in baseball. Let's go. Surprising no one. What are we going to talk about? We're going to kick it off with Kike. So I, the, those of you who have been with us for a while, I hope you're as happy as I am because we have been, or this this end of the podcast anyway, has been a huge uh, Kike appreciation corner for, for years now, ever since he was on the Dodgers. And just because he's such a funny guy, but now he's just kicking ass, and they actually the the broadcast. Did you say he's kicking ass? Yes, that's right. That's how I he's heard it. Kicking ass. That's <laughs> absolutely that 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 works. It totally works. And they said that in the broadcast. Well, they didn't say kicking ass on the broadcast, but they said that he is like the <laughs> the hottest baseball player right now, or some such you know exaggeration. But still, he is the first Red Sox player 
with four extra base hits in a postseason game. And he tied the Red Sox record for extra base hits, base hits in a postseason series. And actually, at this point, he's exceeded that. I wrote our notes before this this um, this taping, whatever we're doing, recording. And um, I'm not sure what it is we're he doing. He <laughs> absolutely had more extra base hits tonight. So that means that he has passed uh, Carl yeah. Yastrzemski, John Valentin, and twice Kevin Euclid. Uh, the, who I famously dressed up as for Halloween in 2013. But he also has set the Red Sox postseason record with most consecutive plate appearances with a hit, which is seven in a row. And when he broke it tonight, like he got number seven during the game tonight, and then eight was a bullet, but it was just in the right place and it was caught. So anyway, I'm just happy that Kike is getting the attention that he deserves. And all I can say is is pay attention to him on social media and in press conferences because he is such a delight. He's just a joy to watch. He is a delight. I will agree with that. We're going to check in with our boyfriends that made it to the postseason. So let me start with my boyfriend on the Hammers, Christian Pache. Nope, not on the roster. Mm. My boyfriend with the Rays, Mike Brasso. Nope, not on the roster. <laughs> Wilmer Flores, my boyfriend on the Giant. There's Giants, there's good news and there's bad news. The good news is he's part of my new favorite double play. The bad news <laughs> is he tried to run on Pookie, on Mookie Betts, yeah. and therefore killed a rally in game two. But on the bright side with the Giants, I'll always have Buster as my first boyfriend there. Um, my Brewers boyfriend, who's also my once and forever boyfriend, Christian Yelich, was having a bad season again and said, okay, here's the thing about the postseason. It starts yeah. with zeros for everybody, right? We get a fresh start, clean slate, all that stuff. But sadly, he still has zeros in the RBI and run scored column after two games. So that's not great. Now, on the other hand, Will Smith, my Dodgers boyfriend, has one of the five hits against Logan Webb in that gem that Webb pitched, and he homered in game two. Hunter Renfro, well, I have mixed feelings about Hunter Renfro. He had quite the game tonight, but he was slow getting going. He scored the blowout, but who didn't? Um, again, tonight, fantastic. And he gets bonus points for wearing a mask when he does oh, the, the interviews. And lastly, my Astros boyfriend, Jordan Alvarez, in five at-bats. Now, this is before – I have no idea what's happening in the Astros game tonight because we're recording and it's late and we missed the first half of the game because of the other game but up until tonight in five at bats he had three hits including a home run and three rbis so it seems like the guys that are doing the best are on the teams that i may or may not be rooting for all that much how are your guys doing yeah so we've actually only missed a third of the game so that means that this is going to be an exciting game they're still in the bottom of the third as i look at i'm never going to bed tonight we are going to be up so late but i also just realized like number one we might actually have some new listeners tonight because of that joyful interview that we had with riley adams last week which was a blast so if you are new to us after listening to the Riley interview, uh, we don't do stuff like that every week, but I hope you'll stick around because we do have a lot of fun. And what we're talking about now are these these guys that we call our boyfriends, but they're the guys that we want to hang out with and have a beer with. They're the kind of guys that we feel like we just want to get to know better, we connect with uh, off of the field, and hopefully they're doing okay on the field as well. So we like to check in on how well our picks did, because we do that in the off season, and then we follow them. So I had a little bit of crappy luck myself. So with the Red Sox, we had limited ourselves because of 
not wanting to pick anybody scandal yeah, involved in something like that, of course, because we would never be involved with anything scandalous. So I actually I had a weird series of Red Sox picks. I originally picked Jeter Downs, who did very well in Worcester. And then I got to bring over Franchi Cordero when he got traded over because I picked him when he was on what the Royals, I think. Um and neither one of them are on the team. So there. And then for Tampa, uh, my guy Willie Adamas moved to the Brewers and did so much better there and had like this kick-ass catch, like a beautiful, sexy defense in game two there. Um, Atlanta, I had Johan Camargo, who's been long gone. For, for the White Sox, I had picked Jose Abreu. I know, real gut pick. But he actually has been, I didn't realize, he's been sick lately with flu-like symptoms that were not COVID. So he has not been playing up to his fullest potential. But looking at the White, score, White Sox score right now, I'm wondering if he had something to do with that. So maybe he's. you guys know that he's doing better than I do. Uh, for the Astros, Jose Siri is actually on the roster, but he recently hurt his finger, so I don't know how well he's doing. And uh, Dodgers, Gavin Lux is on the roster, but he's not getting a lot of time. And my Giants pick was optioned. That was Mauricio Dubon, who I still adore and I have high hopes for for the future. But I had—I I think I had some premature picking this year is what it seemed like. We do that because we, we pick early and sometimes we pick the young yeah. guys because we think this is going to be when they break and we do that uh, a season too early or two seasons too early. More about that in just a second. Yeah. But but if we if you keep track of them, which we like to do because our, our boyfriends from previous years and we can't keep them because we talk about that in the off season. So that would be boring if we talked about the same guys every year. Um, but the, the guys that we do sort of keep track of because they've been on our roster previously, we do pretty well with how they are performing. For instance, the Hank Aaron Award nominees were just announced, and I calculated. Check out my math here, Patty. I did the math. The, I we, fixed your math. We, oh, shit. Really? It, uh -huh, did, you didn't round did up. I ra oh. You didn't round. Damn. That is a rookie mistake. 93. Thank you for... Oh, my God. You're even, like, checking my math and the notes. That is hysterical. You are amazing. I had time. You were amazing. You were at the run fest. I had time. 93% is the number that y'all have been waiting for. 93% of the nominees for Hank Aaron Award are... The finalists. These are the finalists. There's a nominee from every team. Yeah. These so are the, the finalists. So there's, yeah. what, like, it's 16, right? Eight from each league, I think. I should... Mm -hmm. I think I counted. I'm pretty sure. Um, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. That would be 12. Uh, I read the beers above. I'm just going to say the names, and y'all can count. Uh, the Hank Aaron Award, by the way, is for the best overall offensive performer in each league. And a panel of Hall of Famers will also combine with this vote. So it's not just like a clean fan vote to get the winner, but you can vote. Get online by October 15th. So this is how we did. Uh, for me, the American League, I got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Salvador Perez. So that's two. National League, I got Brandon Crawford and Juan Soto. That's four. And Fernando Tatis Jr., that's five. So we got five there for me. Then for Patty... For the American League, we have Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins, Otani, Matt Olson, and Jose Ramirez. And then for the National League, oh man, somebody sat on the keys. Nick, Nick Castellanos <laughs> with a major typo there. Freddie Freeman, the friendliest first baseman. And Paul Goldschmidt, another very friendly first baseman. So the guy that we missed, none other than Bryce Harper. So that would be number 12, right? 
That'd be number 14. 14. All right. But you're adorable. <laughs> you have other qualities. You have other qualities. And, and you work in the public school system. So, you know. I used to teach basic math also, which is the saddest part. I had some beers, people. You can a- ask Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I'm going to have some water uh, while you talk about something yeah, fun let's, to let's listen do that. to. Hey, so, so grooming overlaps with uh, boyfriends just a little bit tonight. First, I want to note that during the Dodgers-Giants uh, Friday night game, the broadcasters discussed the tight pants <laughs> worn by the players quite a lot. And I was amused by that, which made me think that Potty Mouth and I might have a future in national broadcast Clearly. because we can talk tight pants with the Clearly. best of them. With the best of them. Um, The big story in grooming this week is Jack Peterson, my former boyfriend, back when he was with the Dodgers, before he went to the Cubs and then the Hammers, who has been sporting pearls during the game. And I want to say these pearls rock so hard that I'm wearing pearls right now (laughs) in solidarity. Because this is so, so great. They're so impressive that none other than GQ did a story on the style choice of Jack Peterson to wear pearls. I noted that the commentators during the game didn't refer to them as pearls. Okay, so the gold chains, when they, they call, mm-hmm. talk about the guy's gold chains, they call them chains, right? Yeah. They say the, the chains that he's wearing. They didn't call this a pearl. They called it a necklace. Okay. Which was like, which is weird because they don't call the other ones necklaces. Right. And it just sort of rang for like, like, are we afraid to say the world pearls? People, they're <laughs> pearls. And what I like the best, well, okay, first I question that the pearls have a clasp on them and they seem long enough they can go right over your head. Do you need a clasp? But then the ones that I'm wearing are super long and they have a clasp. So maybe it's okay. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm picking nits where nits aren't there to, are to pick. But the important thing is Jack Peterson, when asked over and over again about the pearls, says, it's a mystery for everyone. They'll never know. And he said, I'm wearing them because I'm a bad bitch. All right. I'm like, Okay. And in the world, the words of Jackie O, pearls are always appropriate. So rock on, Jack Peterson and the pearls. It just makes me nervous that they're going to break because strings of pearls do that under pressure. You know, I just keep, keep thinking of Heavy Bias's earring that he lost at home plate and it was shit ton of money. Don't don't lose was your it, pearls. Was it, um, was it Lance McCullers who had that... That um, like the the black diamond yeah. necklace break and go everywhere, you know. Good pearls are knotted between every single pearl. Okay, so in and so, I'm sure Jack has quality pearls. I, I wonder. Okay. I wonder. I mean, I want to rub them against my teeth to find yeah. out the pearls, not Jack. That would be weird. Uh, and I'm going to mention two pitchers right here. Now we can't pick pitchers as boyfriends because we have crazy rules. But I just want to note in um, in the QHAR category. In games yesterday, I noted that Max Fried is stunningly beautiful, including good hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know this before. Like he's like I, I think you used the word chiseled. Yeah. I used the phrase male model. He is a beautiful human. I just want to put that out in the universe because I don't know if that helps him pitch like he pitched, which was freaking amazing or not. But there's that. And also, here's my LSU plug for our friend Brian Kevin Gaussman. May I just say? was looking like he had some good hair to go along with his good pitching in that game that he did really well and they pulled him out and things went downhill. So I'm just saying oh. the Q-Har could have, could have helped for a little bit longer than they let him in. Oh, wow. All right. But, you know, before just real quick before I go to, to unhappier things, I just want to mention that 
the Red Sox fucking beat the Yankees in the wild card since we last recorded. And that was just a very, very happy moment. So, yay. And that was one that we shared. Yes. We did not root against each other. That was like the one Red Sox game where we weren't like rooting against each other all season. And then it was over. <laughs> but it was, but it it was, was blissful glorious. while it was going on. But it was glorious. <laughs> so I just want to appreciate that moment that happened. And I hate bringing this shit up, but I'm on the police blotter this week and checking in on a couple of resident assholes that we've mentioned on this show a few times before, I just feel like we should all be updated with the same facts. And the first one, I'm, I'm going to try to go through this quickly because not my favorite subject. Trevor Bauer, as you know, is uh, in the midst of a legal mess for abusing several women in terrible ways. And he is defending himself. And so he, he has been quiet for a very long time. So actually, the internet has been a much nicer place without the stuff that he was putting out. But he felt it necessary for some reason to video himself and put it on both his Twitter and his Instagram. And it was, it was a lot of stupid shit about how one matter has been resolved, there were false and misleading allegations, and that another matter was pending. And I just didn't have the wherewithal to look into the legal record to see what was actually resolved. But his, his bottom line was, basically, I'm going to get off, so y'all want to hang out with me again, and I'm going to have watch parties for the playoffs. So as far as I could tell, he had one for game one, so I'm not sure how it went because I didn't attend. But I did notice a very qualitative difference between the comments on his post between Instagram and Twitter. In Instagram, I was terrified because that was the one I saw first. And it was all these like, oh, dude, you know, innocent till proven guilty. And like, you, you show him you didn't do anything wrong. And I'm thinking, where the fuck is this coming from? And then I checked Twitter and it was a total... A different story. And our friends at Two Strike Noise, I think, pointed me in the right direction by saying, you can delete your Instagram comments. You can't delete your Twitter comments. <laughs> so probably it was well cultivated, but just be on the lookout. This dude is trying to get your attention back. Hopefully he won't succeed. I did notice for the first time, so I don't think it was like this before, that his name in parentheses is in Japanese on Twitter now. So I'm wondering if he's at this point, like, figuring he's, I sure hope to hell he realizes that he cannot play an MLB. So maybe he's looking to attract some Japanese teams, which would be pretty shitty. But it, you know what? It wouldn't be the only guy going to foreign places in order to keep working in baseball. We have another example right now with Mickey Calloway, who we last saw after being caught, um, with a history of sending really slimy texts and messages and harassing reporters, female reporters. And he was, uh, he started with Cleveland, right, as a coach. He had been a player, managed the Mets, which I think is when this all sort of came to a, to a peak, and then actually coached the Angels afterwards, which is where the, the hammer came down and he got removed from there. And now he's going to be managing a team in Mexico, the Acereros de Monclova. And I was a little confused in the beginning because it said it was this winter, but the Acereros are a Liga Mexicana de Baseball. They're, they're like a, a regular season team, and they're a season matches MLB. And uh, thank you to Bill Thompson out there who does the Words Above Replacement blog that y'all should follow because it tells you where to, how to watch baseball everywhere. He told me that this year they're starting like a little mini winter league for the M 
El LMB, the Liga Mexicana de Baseball, and it's like the Arizona Fall League kind of thing. So it is associated with that main league. And other players have gone to that league as well. So they're not in the winter part, but Roberto Asuna, Yasiel Puig, these other accused abusers are going to play in Mexico. So it just bums me out. You know, I think I'm going to stick with watching, um, I don't know, the Dominican feed over the winter. But that is another story. This is just shitty stuff. Tell me something happy. Totally happy. My favorite game, although, okay, going into this, I would say my, my favorite game was the Friday night Giants-Dodgers game because there was so much excitement going on in that game. But today's today's Red Sox Tampa Bay game was pretty freaking exciting. So we've already talked about that one. So let's go back to Friday night and talk about Logan Webb, the pitcher for the Giants. And there's a couple of things that are notable. One is everybody who had not been following the Giants looked at him for the first time and said, hey, he looks like that guy. He looks like that guy. And I thought he looked like he was related to James Carden. And Somebody on um, Twitter pointed out that he's a dead ringer for um, actor Jesse Plemons. And a, a friend of mine said that he looks like the younger brother in a buddy movie, a buddy comedy starring Conan O'Brien, which I thought was <laughs> a gold star for like really, really like focusing in on, you know, on the structure there. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the really notable things are he pitched seven and two thirds scoreless against the Dodgers, including 10 Ks, which puts him... Um, up with um, Tim Lincecum and Madison Bumgarner for po the postseason record for being able to pull that off, which is pretty cool. He also freaking owned Trey Turner, That's crazy. which who won the batting title, and he shut him down completely. He had a shockingly low pitch count. I was watching with a friend of mine, and we kept texting him back and forth saying, wait, his pitch counts only what? That's crazy. The highlight other than Logan Webb, was the best double play I've ever seen in my life, which is Listella de Crawford de Flores, which was at one out, top of the fourth, ball hit by Justin Turner. And if you haven't seen this, we're linking to it. You must see it. You're going to wa want to watch it several times. The written description of it includes the phrase, behind the back glove flip. That's beautiful. So you know it's spectacular, and you know how much I like the sexy defense. This leads us to moral alignment is complicated. I've always said okay. that. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how do you decide who to root for when you know too much? Okay, right. you always root for your home team, right. right? The team you grew up with or whatever, and sometimes those teams disappoint you or a player disappoints you, and then you got to, like, struggle through it. But, you know, none of my, like, deep-down teams are in the postseason. So I actually have a favorite in every matchup, mostly – but then I don't when I think about it. So, for instance, the Astros-White Sox, I love Dusty Baker mm -hmm. with all my heart. I do not at all care for the team of the Houston Astros. I do not, want, I do not wish good things for the team, but I want Dusty to have a ring. Dusty has said defense is something that I think is overlooked by a lot of clubs, but never on my club. Again, with the sexy defense. I like Dusty. I like what he does. Why? Why the freaking Astros? And they're playing the White Sox where I love all the guys on the team, but they're managed by freaking Tony La Russa. Can yeah. we please switch? Yep. If we could switch the managers there, my fandom would be unified and I wouldn't be confused by this whole thing. It's got to be White Sox because more guys, but sorry, Dusty. Ow. I don't know how you feel about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that sounds like a good solution, though, if they could just switch. That's exactly what I was thinking. So the, harder, the, the Hammers and the Brewers are tough for me. Like the Hammers, as I, more I watch them, I really like the players. Yeah. 
I do. Every guy that gets up there, I'm like, oh, I like him. I like him. I like him. I don't want to see them do well because then I've got to see that freaking mm-hmm. chop more often. If we could get rid of, and not Hammer fans, Hammer fans who do the chop. Yep. Right? It's narrowed down. We have plenty of friends who like the Hammers just fine. It's, I, can't, I can't bear it anymore. I just can't. If you replace that hatchet with a hammer and you become the Atlanta Hammers, you can chop all the heck you want, and then, then we're all together. They're playing the Brewers, where Christian Yelich, my once and forever boyfriend, plays, but freaking Josh Hader. Now, is Josh Hader enough for me to cancel out the Brewers? I don't think so. I don't think so. I would like for him to show a little re- little remorse for being a racist homophobe um, than he did. Yeah. And, I mean, he is an amazing pitcher, but he's a hateful person if, you know, what we've heard about him is true. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I have more boyfriends on the Brewers because it trades. So I've been just leaning Brewers and plus Brewers. I mean, beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Red Sox Rays. Red Sox Rays. Okay, so the Red Sox... COVID, (laughs) vaccine deniers, all kinds of crap there. The scandal that you alluded to earlier, um, like the the whole cheating investigation, all of that, and Alex frickin' Verdugo, right? The Rays, Randy Rosarena, um, is a problem. Is he still a problem? Probably. I don't know. I I, I tried to find closure on when he was initially arrested in Mexico for possibly beating the heck out of his, his... Ex, sometimes it said ex-wife, sometimes it said like ex-partner or whatever, her father right. and trying to take away their child. But then the charges were dropped because charges are often dropped yep. because they said lack of evidence, which, which means that she didn't want to press charges. But it said that MLB was going to investigate. I could find nothing on if they ever finished their investigation. So I don't know what's happening there. It could be that Rosarena and Verdugo cancel each other out, which leaves me with the race. And the race are fun. <laughs> the Rays believe baseball is fun. So that's where I am. I know where you are. I know. I'm but, just, but you're having a hard time with it, it. I am totally having a hard time rooting for the Red Sox because every other, you know, I get pissed at Arroyo's a, a vaccine denier, sales a vaccine denier. That shit just pisses me off. But I adore Kike and, you know, my feelings for Eric, Alex Cora are so mixed. I saw a really sweet interview with Kike when he was talking about how just amazing Cora is at getting along with the players and just how he can fit and get along with anybody and tap into them and just make them want to do their best, which is so cool. And I love Christian Vasquez, but damn it. Yeah, no, I feel conflicted. I also feel just grateful that they've gotten this far. Like at the beginning of the year, I thought nothing, and we'll go into this more next week. I thought nothing of the Red Sox. So when they beat the Yankees, that was like, all right, I'm okay. And now to be up two games is where we're recording you know, maybe tomorrow they'll win it. It'll be so fucking cool. I don't know. Sort of. I'm happy for my dad. How about that? There you go. See, I'm happy for your yeah. dad. You, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I love you with all my heart, but you know, but your dad should yes. be happy for sure. Yeah, hell, you should too. But the Rays, the Rays are... Okay, anyway, so the Dodgers Giants. Okay, the Dodgers are clearly the evil empire of the West <laughs> anymore. The whole tr- the whole Trevor Bauer situation, I still think they don't deserve a Max Scherzer because of Trevor Bauer, so that pisses me off. So there's that whole thing. The only fault I find with the Giants is Gabe Kepler, which is tied to their Verdugo thing. And, and the Dodgers. So if we're, yeah. we're going to cite Verdugo, I got to cite Gabe Kepler from the Dodgers days, so maybe I can throw it all on the Dodgers. Yeah, that's... I'm playing 
playing fast and loose with rules here, but I got to say, I'm all in for the Giants. You know, one thing I admired about the Dodgers is the the celebration after the wild card game. They had so many shirtless guys. So for like the Red Sox celebration, Kike was the, did the one who pulled a Dozier, is like how I put it, a Brian Dozier, right, by ripping his shirt off. And I thought, oh, of course, that's Kike. But like the Dodgers, they were like half shirtless, not that I pay attention to these things or anything, but also... I don't know what you're talking Clayton about. Clayton Kershaw is a lot bro- like broader than I had imagined. I don't, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't looked at too many topless pictures of Kershaw before this. How many beers did you have? This is, this is spiraling <laughs> right. in a way that I can't, I can't endorse. All right, and, and, and the horrible thing is I now have to segue to girls camp, and how am I going to do that? But... I, I'm going to do that in, in saying that there is more to baseball than just these these topless guys. There is <laughs> – we have hope for the future with – oh, this is just a bad – I'm going to have to fix this segue. There is, or not. Or not. Or not. Or just leave it because I'm too tired. Right. So we're, we're developing women's baseball. One thing that I have been... We personally are developing yeah, women's baseball. Yeah, and, and I would love to take credit for it. But I have been listening a lot to the Inside Pitch, which is a podcast with... A uh, woman, Amy McMahon, is that her name, who, who used to be a baseball player in Australia. And it's a fabulous show because she's interviewing women baseball players all over the world. And what's really apparent is that if there is development, if there is like something organized for helping these women to play in between these international World Cup situations they're going to do better. And Japan's been doing this for years. Australia's doing it now. Canada's been doing it now. And it's just a huge relief to see the United States at this point really making some big steps. And I think they made a big one this weekend with, and just look up hashtag Girls Camp 21 for highlights from this USA Baseball Elite Training and Development Weekend that they had for girls age 14 to 19 in Florida. And there's a great interview that we will link with Veronica Alvarez, who is now super involved with coaching them, but she's also works for the Oakland A's. So she's an, an incredible player and coach. And the cool thing about this weekend is it was the first step toward also building up a development program for the actual women's national team. So this is a girls camp to, to help young women develop their baseball skills. And then out of the, the young women who went there, Eight of them were chosen for this next level of development, which sounds like it's going to be a lot um, broader than it has been in years past in preparing for the World Cup, which has been basically like the team gets together in June and they play in August. So I'm excited about this. And what I was really excited to see is our local Paloma Benach from D.C. Girls Baseball is one of those eight girls from the country chosen to be on the U.S. Women's National Team Development Program. And so who knows? We might be seeing her in the Baseball World Cup soon. You know we will. You know we will. She kicks ass. This is fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that for Paloma. Yay. Super awesome. Super awesome. And and then of other old friends that we've had, we had Dr. Kat Williams on the show a while ago from the International Women's Baseball Center. And they just got some good news this week that they can finally build it. Build it and they will come. I'm mixing metaphors from different movies, but it's okay because the Rockville City Council has has approved it. So it's going to be built. They're kicking off a capital campaign November 1st. If you want to throw your money somewhere, throw it at the International Women's Baseball Center. You can find them on all social media. 
And then, finally, for women's baseball, if you want to see an all-star women's baseball game, tune in next Sunday, October 17th, at 11 o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time, on Facebook Live. The women's all-star game in Puerto Rico is happening. It's the Liga Femenil de Baseball Puerto Rico, is what they're called. And they have a league, and they've been playing their season, and they're at, I guess, the midway point, or at there at some point where they're going to be having an all-star game. So it's exciting to see a league that is actually in the United States, and I just wish the rest of the United States would would uh, take this lead and continue with it. And it's an, and notably that if anybody thought that it had happened today, October 10th, it was supposed to happen today, but it got rained out. So now I have time to tell you about it. You can put it on your calendars. Watch women play in Puerto Rico next Sunday. I have very exciting news to announce. We have come to the conclusion of our fantasy Woo-hoo! league, our boyfriend baseball Drum league, roll, and we have a winner. Karen's legit team, surprising nobody, was the winner with 207 points. Karen took the lead early and never, never lost it. She was on top of it on a regular basis. I want to give Karen some brownie points because she wrote me about a QSAR that she created for picking her pictures. That is quality smile above replacement. So I totally appreciate that she took the NCIB spirit and like went with it. And when she had to pick relief pictures, she went by their smile. So Karen, we have a prize for you because you earned it. So you need to contact us in in any of the 47 ways that you know (laughs) how to do that and let us know where to send the goods. In second place, Bone Nose Boyfriends, 201.5 points. That that team was sort of like biting at the heels of of team number one. That's pretty cool. Um, Hot Mess Baseball Mom in third place, 195.5, also pretty close. iZombies for Adults, (laughs) 184 points. The kids, can I just say, rock solid in fifth place, never made a change to the roster wow. since opening day Are they the only and ones? held down fifth place. Um, uh, that high? Wow. Absolutely. So um, they believe in the set it and forget it method of fantasy <laughs> baseball, and it worked for all of them. Um, our West Coast correspondent, Deborah F's team, 151, just edged out by the kids. Maybe you try too hard, Deborah. See, you know, the laissez-faire thing seemed to have worked, but good on you. You, you really came up there. Um, the leftovers at 143, and then, and then your host, Potty Mouth, and then me, and then Marla. And then Vino Tinto. Um, you know, I want to say we didn't have a great showing because we're limited to just these guys we picked as our baseball boyfriends. And as you heard, a lot of them ended up not playing and we got stuck. But really, everybody else, most everybody else was just better at this than yeah. we are. <laughs> there was some really good, I mean, I think I learned when I paid attention to the people who were making switches. Um, yep. and, and I learned very importantly that I need to always have a backup catcher who's actually going to play. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are all good things. If you think it would be fun to play fantasy baseball with us, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. So you'll hear when we start announcing it and we'll tell you how to get in touch with us so that you can join our, our league next year. We would love to have you. Real quick, we had mentioned before about my problem with Austins. <laughs> there were just too many Austins in the league. I did a quick look and to see what Austins are in the postseason. And here's the quick rundown. The Rays have Austin Meadows who had a... a 
Great game today. He had a double. He had a two-run homer and a great catch. The Hammers have Austin Riley, who had three hits, including a home run so far as of this time. Um, the Giants have Austin Slater, who has one hit so far in the postseason. Um, the Dodgers have Austin Barnes, who is their backup catcher, and he hasn't played yet because... Will Smith. Um, Boston's Austin, Austin Davis, finally played today. He's a relief pitcher. He, I think he, um, he, he pitched for one-third of the inning, and he walked a guy. So he's, he's not like the mm-hmm. best of the Austins, but it's early. It's early. And there are no Austins at all on the White Sox on Houston or on Milwaukee. So they have a real Austin deficit, and I'm not okay with That's that. That's weird. That does Isn't seem Isn't it weird? They're just, there's like 417 Austins, mm-hmm. and they don't have any? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, so what do you have going on next week? Next week, I'm going to be tr- this tr- we're going to try to be watching baseball and actually to, when when you guys hear this this evening we're going to meet up with one of our wonderful listeners, Ollie. We're going to hang out together, so that'll be fun. And Ollie, the one who gave us QR. Yes. That is very important. Yeah, we should the quality hair above re- replacement stat belongs to Ollie. We're very appreciative of that. And because of that, we get to we get to hang out. Well, also, he's just a nice guy. And well, <laughs> there's there's a lot of baseball we got to watch. There's just like a lot of baseball to watch. Yeah, there sure is. And um in between, if you need a break from all the visual stuff, please feel free to listen to past episodes. If you haven't yet heard the interview with um, with our pal Riley Adams from the Nationals, please do let your friends know about us. I think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball or hear us talk to Riley, for instance. And absolutely find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. And please, my friends, get your booster shot. Get your vaccine if you haven't already. Time for the flu shot. Be like Hunter and wear your masks when you're interviewed. Fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Chicago had a really long bottom of the third. Wow, you said long bottom. (laughs) 